0: Hello and welcome to Parlay, the Hindu's weekly podcast discussing issues of contemporary relevance. I'm Anuradha Raman, your host for today. Kanur University has reportedly decided to drop the writings of uh, V.D. Savarkar and M.S. Golwalkar from the master's course on governance and politics. The writings, Who's a Hindu by Savarkar and A Bunch of Thoughts by Govalkar, have been banned by the Kurnur University. This intolerance towards writings raises several questions. Foremost is, of course, whether um, whether school curriculum or college curriculum is being held hostage to an ideology. To discuss this in this week's edition of Parley are Kuldeep Kumar, a bilingual journalist and Hindi poet who writes in politics and culture, and Swaraj India president Yogendra Yadav. My name is Anuradha Raman. Welcome to Parley. Kuldeep, you started in many ways this uh, this uh, debate on, on on a lot of things that you wrote recently in the Wire. Uh, but can we begin with 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 how did you kind of chance upon this story of censorship?
1: No, I read the story in uh, the newspapers and uh, it so happened that uh, a senior journalist who works with The Wire, uh, we were having a telephonic conversation and uh, we were discussing this. And suddenly he suggested that why don't you write um, something on this? So I said, okay, I will. So that's how I ended up writing this article uh, which appeared on The Wire and my you see basic uh, contention was that ideas should be fought with ideas N- ideas cannot be banned firstly secondly students at the postgraduate level are mature enough to understand and then decide which idea they would like to support and which ideas they would like to oppose so nothing should be excluded from uh, curriculum if it is school students uh, who are young impressionable age then you can decide uh, in what way you have to present but at the end postgraduate level the original writings of these thinkers we may like them we may not like them but nobody can deny that they are important thinkers especially in today's india when the ideology which they espouse is ruling the country at the center and in many Uh, of the states. So, students have to understand what this ideology is, what its implications are and then they have to decide for themselves. So, this was my basic contention.
0: Yogendra, the point that Kuldeep makes that ideas should be contested by ideas, number one. And number two, this whole, uh, we have seen n number of examples where, where college curriculum as well as school curriculum is being held hostage to a particular ideology political ideology you have been um, shall i say you face this instead of calling you a victim of this i shall say you face this um, uh, what do you have to say about ideas being countered by ideas
2: let me begin by saying that i fully agree with kuldeep ji uh, and welcome the fact that someone like him uh, who's known for his uh, uh, sympathy with progressive left opinions uh, has written this because uh, it's only appropriate that uh, uh, issues of this kind should be raised beyond political partisanship. Uh, I think uh, Kanul University was uh, on very solid grounds uh, to do what they did, and the vice chancellor offered a completely justified, de- perfectly justified defense. Uh, to my mind, uh, what has happened there that is finally a decision of non-inclusion uh, of uh, goal workers' and sub-workers' writings, uh, violates three fundamental principles. One, it violates the principle of academic autonomy. It is the university's business to decide what they wish to teach, not the business of uh, the government of the day. Second, uh, principle of critical pedagogy, the point that uh, Kuldeepji just made, namely that uh, <laughs> students should be Introduced to all kinds of ideas and be and invited to critically examine them, or rather than um, kept away from some information in the fear that such ideas may affect their minds. I think we take a very poor opinion of the students' uh, minds, especially these are postgraduate students. But I would actually apply the same even to class twelve students. And thirdly, it violates a fundamental democratic principle of freedom of expression. Uh, and uh, Uh, To my mind, the decision is not only uh, wrong on all these principles, Uh, in today's context it is also uh, very imprudent because what it has done is that it has given ammunition to the uh, the current regime, which in any case believes in stifling of thought, of ideas, of uh, freedom of expression. Now, they get an immunation. Tomorrow, if uh, they do something similar and nasty and worse in any other university, they would turn around and say, look what LDF did in Kanur. So to my mind, this is uh, uh, also rather self-defeating. Uh, you mentioned the, other ep- the, the earlier episode, uh, which is about uh, NCERT textbooks. Uh, uh, these were for class ten to tw- 9 to 12 and Professor Suhas Parshikar, and I were the chief advisors of NCRT, in in, in a sense, the editors of the books. Um, And uh, a very vicious controversy took place, uh, initiated by one cartoon that was seen to be um, anti-Dr. Ambedkar, and then went on to include all other cartoons which were seen to be Anti politician, anti uh, the establishment. Um, The from what I uh, what was striking about that uh, debate was once again that in the public domain, and mind you, that was a Congress regime uh, and uh, UPA regime, and the books were written during the UPA regime. What was striking then and continues now is uh, uh, that in that debate as well. similar things all the three things were violated there was no uh, respect for autonomy of NCRT as an institution which had several layers of scrutiny before these textbooks were written uh, the parliament took a sovereign view of it minister decided and um, you know to decided whatever he wanted thrown out and got a um, shall we say rather pliable committee to simply Um, simply enforce the minister's will. Uh, There was, in the entire debate, there was little attention to critical pedagogy. Everyone completely believed that uh, students are empty vessels and that uh, the moment they see this cartoon, uh, which incidentally was not a cartoon which was designed now, the cartoon was done in 1950s by uh, an eminent cartoonist of the time. Uh, And uh, the book simply invited the students to examine it uh, everyone believed that uh, the, the, that uh, simply by looking at those cartoons, the minds would be vitiated. No one was interested in examining uh, what the textbook actually had to say about uh, Dr. Ambedkar's contribution and the overall tenor of those books. Uh, and uh, there was uh, really no uh, serious argument on... Uh, uh, on uh, freedom of expression, there. So it reminds me of earlier debates, and uh, there's a sense of uh, deja vu. How little changes, although regimes change, time change, but in these fundamental respects, almost nothing changes.
0: I have a question for Kuldeep, uh, very interestingly brought out in the wire 2 in his in his article, which is he almost bemoans the tradition of a healthy debate that India enjoyed once upon a time. And and somehow seems to have lost it. And Kuldeep has chronicled this whole process in his article. I'd like him to kind of uh, uh, speak about this tradition of debate and, and why, in over the years, we seem to have lost this.
1: I'll first uh, add uh, one or two sentences to what uh, Yogenji has just said. You see, this cartoon appeared when both Jawaharlal Nehru and Dr. B.R. Ambedkar were alive.
0: That's true. That's right.
1: Neither of them had any problem with the cartoon. In fact, there is a famous quote of Nehru. Uh, he told Shankar, the Shankar don't spare me. So this is the kind of democratic uh, spirit with which India began its journey as an independent nation. But as I said in my article in uh, on the wire, uh, almost all the parties have prepared fertile soil for the kind of impunity with which Hindutva forces stifle dissent and different point of view. Now, secondly, all this tradition of intellectual debate, which popularly is known as Shastra Arth, it's not that it happened only in the Hori past. This thing continued right up to the 19th century. I mean, look at the kind of debates which took place among Sanskrit scholars on widow remarriage. There were, you know, a large chunk of Sanskrit scholars and very eminent scholars who opposed the idea of widow remarriage. And in the forefront was a great Sanskrit scholar called Pandit uh, Rajaram Shastri. Uh, And there was a big group of kashi uh, uh, scholars sanskrit scholars who opposed the idea of widow remarriage and then later vidya sakar who himself was a great sanskrit scholar he had to write a book supporting widow remarriage and then the whole debate was concluded look at uh, swami dayanand saraswati the founder of arya samaj he popularized this uh, word shastra because everywhere he went he would invite People either Sanatani Hindus or people of uh, I mean followers of other faiths, their scholars for a debate, and his book Satyarth Shast- Prakash is full of debate. I mean, it is a long uh, debate uh, against all uh, other faiths and uh, creeds, uh, including whatever is known as the uh, as Hinduism, uh, because he upheld only the Vedic uh, uh, you know rituals and the the Vedic religion. So what I am saying is that this, this, and even uh, in the twentieth century, when uh, the uh, marriage, uh, uh, marriageable age of uh, young girls was raised, and this famous uh, Harvila Sarda Act, uh, you know, came up, there was a lot of a debate uh, from orthodox sections and from uh, reformists, and then the matter was settled. So what I am saying is that this is the kind of uh, tradition. Which India always had, even in the much maligned uh, Mughals, their courts regularly philosophical discussions, debates used to take place among uh, scholars of various religions. Akbar was famous for inviting Jesuit priests and Jain scholars and Hindu scholars, and you know, uh, asking them to debate philosophical or uh, theological issues. So my point is the whether it is political issues, whether they are Philosophical issues, ideological issues, why should one shy away from debate? If I write an article which others don't like, they should reply to it by writing another article or or a book, whatever. So, but for the past several decades, we are having this kind of a tradition that police complaints are filed on the the pretext of our religious sentiments have been hurt. uh, uh, cases are filed in uh, the courts. Uh, remember uh, how uh, the great artist like M.F. Hussain had to flee the country because there were hundreds of cases he had been slapped with and uh, he had to quit and then finally uh, very unfortunately he died uh, abroad. So this, this kind of situation has I mean it is very regrettable that in independent India we are facing this kind of a situation which is Patently anti-democratic in its spirit. Uh, uh,
0: Yogendra, an uh, interesting point that Kuldeep has uh, raised is that virtually every government post-independent seems to have taken an offense to something or the other. Uh, uh, is it time to look at this whole freedom of expression uh, again in, in the Indian context now?
2: I fully agree with him. It's not just... Uh the left-front regime today in Kerala, and it's not just the BJP at the center today. Uh, The record of Congress regimes on uh, all these principles has been somewhat mixed. And I should add, uh, the record of the left-front governments, especially in West Bengal, has been rather embarrassing. Uh, So when we say today, BJP is doing this, that, and the other, they can always turn around and say, well, you started it. Uh, So uh, I think... The real problem to my mind is that in our public culture, we don't have any space for either of the three principles. The principle of academic autonomy, I suspect no one believes in it. Um, we don't have procedural ethics at all. In this country, we believe in substantive ethics. This needed to be done. It's been done. Forget the procedure. These are details. So we have no no sense of uh, self-restraint by institutions, the judges we love, uh, routinely overstep their jurisdiction and pass things which we happen to like, but next time they do something we don't like, uh, we have no answer. Um, curriculum has uh, always been seen as a battleground, a political battleground, where uh, where the idea is to stuff children's brains with uh, material that would uh, be partisan towards this side or that side in the rather foolish belief that uh, once you paste something onto a textbook uh, it automatically enters the mind and heart and soul of the students uh, uh, and on the freedom of expression uh, which is a fundamental principle I I really suspect that we don't well we as a country don't value it uh, you know we don't have uh, Political liberalism as a strand simply does not exist. It's not a powerful political strand at all. Uh, And uh, uh, political liberalism has very little resonance in our country. So when you speak about uh, uh, freedom of expression, uh, when you uh, say, well, I dislike this film, but there's no reason for it to be banned or censored, uh, you appear to be an exceptionally generous person. Over generous, uh, someone who is generous to a fault and needs some correction. Um, So uh, sadly, uh, unlike uh, uh, in other, uh, unlike Western democracies, and in this one respect, I think we are uh, uh, weaker, poorer than Western democracies because this fundamental tenet of democracy, we have, we are unable to really develop it what kuldeep ji says is uh, true about uh, tradition of Shastrath. Uh, amartya sen made it famous by calling it the argumentative indian uh, however in the last i would say more than 100 years uh, we have been unable to cultivate this as a value our constitution mentions it uh, but this is not that part of our constitution which has which enjoys that kind of great popular support Uh, and that is only one more instance of uh, a deeper rupture that we see today between constitutional values on the one hand and popular values on the other Uh, so i think we're looking at something much deeper that goes beyond regimes that goes beyond uh, uh, one university one one vice chancellor uh, and one particular episode
0: Kuldeep, do you agree with this, that we are looking at a far more, uh, would it be now a structural kind of a thing now, uh, 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 that it's a matter of great concern, that regardless of the regimes that come in and go, uh, they have all been equal rights offenders. And this freedom of expression itself has kind of, um, has perhaps, uh, needs to be looked at afresh in the Indian context.
1: Yes, I, I perfectly agree. Look, look at the uh, episode of uh, Satanic Verses. Now, sayyid Shahbuddin was in the Janta Party those days. He was a very well-read person, very suave, sophisticated and intellectually inclined. He was not uh, an inter- anti-intellectual uh, like a lot of leaders we see these days. And he demanded a ban on Satanic Verses. And he declared, I have not read it without any embarrassment. Now, I mean, what what can be more illustrative than this fact? And uh, even on this uh, issue of uh, Ambedkar cartoon, uh, almost all political parties they ganged up in the parliament, whether it was uh, BSP, whether it was RJD, whether it was uh, CPI, uh, you know, Congress, everybody, because we are a country. We are a society where we tend to idolise people. We put them at a at such a high pedestal that they become demigods. Now nobody these days can very freely criticise Dr. Ambedkar because promptly he will be dubbed as anti-Dalit. And Ambedkarites do not uh, tolerate any criticism of Dr. Ambedkar. Now this this kind of bhakti, Dr. Ambedkar has himself written against. He has said bhakti is uh, okay in religion, but in politics uh, it leads to dictatorship. But his own followers are not following him because they have turned him into a kind of a demigod. So this this whole uh, you know uh, tendency goes against it, militates against democracy.
0: There was an interesting uh, point that you had started with initially, Kuldeep, which is like when you said you have to counter ideas with ideas. So when you do not counter ideas with ideas and uh, you effect a ban, whose laws is it? In many ways, it also helps uh, those uh, whose ideologies you need to engage with to understand what, uh, where you know how things have come to such a pass. But by withholding any discussion on such contentious issues, um, the the consequences are actually quite immense. Yogendra, would you like to weigh in on this first before I go to Kuldeep? Whose loss is it really?
2: Clearly, the society's loss, everyone's loss, uh, and this goes back to the classic argument for freedom of expression given by John Stuart Mill in his uh, On Liberty, uh, where he said and to translate that in the context of uh, the debate about kanoor university uh, let us for a moment imagine that what the kanoor university was doing was academically not sound let us also imagine uh, that uh, they were doing it for some some silly political or narrow partisan political purpose let us imagine that the vice chancellor is wrong uh, in defending that even then is it not is it not duty of the society to support this, John Stuart Mill's argument was, it is that bad arguments should be allowed to flourish, false things should be allowed to be said, because in the last instance, it's only by countering falsehood that you establish truth. By pushing falsehood under the carpet, you only, you only encourage a suspicion that the falsehood falsehood was truly something valuable which has suddenly been taken away from it. And I suspect that this actually happened during the dominance of uh, secular academia in our country. Uh, uh, Although this is not germane to the debate today, I I do think that uh, in our uh, anxiety and over-enthusiasm, we played with certain aspects of our history in the belief that If our students get to know it, they might become communal. And as a result, this tendency somewhat, and I think this did happen in the 1970s and 80s a bit, uh, that this tendency to brush things under the carpet, aspects of our history which were unpleasant, uh, tendency to brush them under the carpet actually helped the BJP in the run. Because they could always say, see, you were not told about it. See, you never learnt it. But this is the fact of history. And then to blow it up as if this was the only thing in history. So in the long run, I think uh, society suffers, democracy suffers, and good ideas suffer because bad ideas are not being allowed to be stated. Uh, Odd as it might sound. Uh, This is the case.
0: Uh, uh, Kuldeep, I'll come to you. Because I'm also kind of uh, there was this interesting article written by Apoor Vanand recently in the Indian Express, where he talks about mentions the debates that took place in Germany uh, when the copyright over Mein Kampf had kind of lapsed and it was time to include that as part of uh, academic uh, debate and discussions. Um, to what extent do you think is does it help uh, 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 you know those with uh, contentious ideologies to hold on to these ideologies when they are not introduced in, in in public spheres like academic universities for discussion?
1: Whether it is a university's curriculum or whether it is a, a, a free market where books can be bought and sold, I don't think that banning any book, excluding any book or any writer or thinker is going to help anybody. And as Yogenji said, it is society's loss. Like, now look at the citizenship laws and this uh, whole debate about NRC. Now, the rationing uh, in U- in UP, uh, the rationing rules are being changed to uh, which will affect a particular community. Now, if you do not read Golwalkar's book or Savarkar's book or Balraj Madhok's uh, ideas about so-called Indianization, you will not be able to understand where all these things are coming from. They've Directly flow from the writings and ideas of these thinkers. Whatever we are witnessing today, so unless you you read and understand these ideas, you will not be able to understand the implications, which uh, and the various actions of the of the current government. I mean, uh, so that, that is why when I it's not only Golwalkar and Savarkar. There were two other thinkers, uh, uh, Dindya Lupadhyay and Balraj Madhok, who were whose uh, texts were were being included in the Kanur University curriculum, but they were now they have been dropped.
0: Also, in Delhi University, they dropped the writings of Mahashweta Devi and Tamil writers yes. like Bama. You know, so there is really there is no i mean like like yogendra said that the university is also i mean in many ways these are all structural faults of the society that we inhabit where uh, governments fail where academic universities also fail in fostering this um, in, in a healthy discussion and a debate no what
1: i'm saying this is this is not the fault of the uh, i mean uh, there's no as yogendra said there is hardly any autonomy uh, for the educational institutions like a university. I mean either it is the state's coercive power or it is the uh, powerful group's coercive power. Ultimately uh, you know universities have to uh, succumb to the demands. Earlier Ramanujan's uh, 300 Ramayanas that celebrated essay was dropped from Delhi University uh, syllabus. So this has been happening over a period of time.
2: And uh, before we conclude, Anuradha, if I could just add one thing.
1: Please. Uh,
2: Which is that, you know, uh, uh, it is, of course, completely justified for us to focus right now on the Kanur University and the debate therein, which is what the news is about. Uh, But let's not forget the larger setting, larger setting of what the BJP is doing to to the overall climate of freedom of expression, of universities, autonomy and what's happening to the curriculum. That's the big story. Uh, and to my mind, the story is not just saffronization because that word has become somewhat common and is popularly branded about. Uh, I think what the BJP has done uh, and uh, whatever Kanur University has done should not make us forget that context. Because what is happening today is that in universities, colleges, uh, schools, uh, the tinkering with syllabi curricula is of a kind which is not only partisan. It is not merely that uh, the ruling party happens to tilt things in favor of its own ideology. But what is really happening is, number one, uh, absolute uh, uh, degradation of uh, academic exercise uh, because you have uh, people who have no business to sit in those committees, uh, academic curricula committees and so on. Number two, uh, what is being... Uh, uh, dished out in many of these textbooks now is just factually wrong this is fanciful history this is no factual history or uh, the reality and third and above all uh, this is against constitutional values now that's more serious than just a little parties and games that political parties play when they are in power no political party and that goes beyond freedom of expression no political party no regime Uh, should be allowed to do things which go against constitutional values and this is what is being perpetuated right now Uh, and uh, sadly uh, this episode of Kannur University as I said would only go on to provide ammunition uh, to the BJP to um, those who are acting on its behalf in the educational sector to perpetuate uh, crimes which are much worse than what has been done by Kanur University.
0: Kuldeep, would you agree, although you have said respected political parties have played their own games, the context in which we are living in and what is being done to uh, academics is, has, has far more sinister implications uh, than ever done before?
1: Yes, I could not agree more with this. Uh, I am in perfect agreement.
0: All right. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.